0: Hello, welcome to Lecture 2, True Freedom. What is this bliss I keep talking about? This is like happiness. This is contentment. This is feeling good about everything in the moment and appreciating everything That is, indulging in the anxiety, not indulging in negative feeling and emotion, but the problem is it comes. Before you know it, you don't feel good. Before you know it, suddenly you're not blissful. And to try to get out of that, to try to breathe your way out of it, is really hard because your brain in that moment is like can't see outside of the paper bag of dread and woe and anxiety. It just can't get Asked it even to start breathing. Yeah, you might take a few breaths here and there. You might think about breathing. But you won't breathe. Why? Because you feel like shit. Or you just don't feel great. It's ironic. Because the reason you don't feel great is because obviously you're not breathing enough. But no matter what you tell yourself that is not enough when you're depressed and when you're feeling kind of like just blah it is impossible to get yourself out of it without some kind of substance or external factor So, what we tend to do to alter our moods, we do so because we've allowed ourselves to get into a a mode of depression. So, we go to things like drugs, food, alcohol, to change our mood. They're comforting, they're comfort creating things to get us out of that state, and they work for a little while, so we keep going back to them. But they're crutches, and they are also not understanding the root of the problem. Now we've constantly focused on the the thinking, the, the way the thinking. If it's just if it's allowed to just happen in your mind, it's going to create a blah feeling. It's going to create a negative field around you, and you're gonna start to emit that field as well. So. How do you, I mean, you've, you've, everybody here, everybody listening to this has experienced the bliss state. It's happened. Maybe just for a moment, maybe just for a night, you've experienced it. So in that bliss state... You just, you remember it because sometimes you're in it and you're like, God, I wish I could just feel like this. I mean, sometimes it's on a drug and you're like, why can't I just feel like this all the time? Things would be so great if I just felt like this all the time. And hence, that's how people get addicted to drugs. But the problem is the drugs are a diminishing return. They don't work as much. You got to really do drugs in like super moderation. And the, the better the drug, the, the, the least amount of times you should do it. I mean, it's, it's true in the other way. The, the, the fewer amount of times that you do a drug, the more intense it is. And the, the bigger the bliss state you get from the drug. So obviously, if you try to incorporate it as a daily habit, if you try to make the drug get you there, it's just not going to work. Your body will get used to it. You, the drugs are training wheels for you to get out of your shell of woe and worry and into the, the 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 now the the magical now now i was recently in um california and let's just say i had a little run in with the law they fucked with me I got really fucked by these cops for some bullshit. So before that happened, I was running around kind of, you know, annoyed, pissed, not really like that great, not really totally blissful. I was doing okay, but I was still not doing the work and I was not seeing how fortunate my life was until this thing happened with these police making my life, turning my shit upside down, like really fucking with me. Like emotionally, everything. Like just killed the whole trip. I mean, I had to go to jail for a night. And I'm not going to go into what it is because the case is still pending. But the point is they let me go the next day, but everything fucked. Car impounded, um, you know, lost the rental. Like they, they wouldn't let me get the car out. I mean, it was just a fucking nightmare, man. They had, they took blood from me, fucking cops, man. But the point is, is that everything was going fucking great for me, but I didn't see it. I I was I was a worried little wart. And then this shit happened, and then I became more, I, it was more worry. But then I started to see, I was like, oh, I, now I know why this fucking shit happened. It was, show me, show me that, like, look, you were fucking sitting around worrying about bullshit, like, not happy, not satisfied. So what did the universe do? The universe went to you and said, oh, you're not satisfied. You're not happy. Let me give you something to really fucking get sad about. Let me give you something to worry about, really. Because this bullshit of your worry now is such bullshit. And that's the thing about the universe. The universe is like a fucking pit bull. It, if if you are showing any kind of like i don't know just dissatisfaction fear um mistrust the universe will give it to you will give you what you fear will give you what you mistrust will give you something to really dissatisfy you cuz it always mirrors you so you cannot be careless with how you're feeling you you just it's not something that you can it's not something that you really should fuck with okay now if if you have to get off drugs for example you're going to feel like shit for a while so you should isolate yourself you're going to do some kind of kicking of drugs, don't do it in the presence of another person. Go somewhere, go to, go to rehab, or just go to some far off place because you're going to be very irritable. But if, look, there's nothing wrong with using them a little bit to stay positive because that's more important than anything. The problem is, is that we're trying to figure out how to be positive. I mean, that's the really goal in life, is to f- to figure out this positivity thing without anything, no drugs. So just keep that in mind. Because once you get the concept, you should be able to implement it with no drugs. And in fact, drugs kind of, at that point, when you finally do get it, will probably just either enhance it a little bit or actually detract from it. Point of it is is that you're you're gonna your you're, the universe is going to give you something to fucking cry about. If you're crying right now about some bullshit, just think about how much worse your shit could be like me. I was riding along worrying about some bullshit, kind of dissatisfied with everything, and then all of a sudden I get fucking thrown in jail for nothing, for some real unadulterated crap. It's another thing. I mean, it was a crazy... The day before that, I rented a car. It got stolen. It's another where I was just like... I didn't learn the lesson from that. I thought I got towed, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna have to pay so much goddamn money." And I was just worried about that, and then I realized it was stolen. So after it's just—I'm not gonna tell the whole thing, but it's kind of funny though, because I'm—you know—I'm here, this enlightened guy, right? I, I know all this stuff that I preach. I don't. I forget it all the time. I'm stupid, just like you. Just like everyone else. We forget. We get the wisdom, and then we forget. And then we start getting muddled in our bullshit emotions, our bullshit dissatisfactions with ourselves, our reprimanding of ourselves, all this internal dialogue that's always negative and kind of... I don't know, just just negative. We we tend to just berate ourselves over and over about the stupid shit that we do. And I man, did I berate myself over this cop thing? Cause I I did. I kind of fucked up. I said the wrong things. I didn't do anything like. I was very calm. I was very chill. I just let them take me into custody, whatever. But the point of it is, I was... I didn't learn my lesson when the car got stolen. Then I went and I got a new rental car from a different company. And this will figure into the Logan story as well, because everything about this trip that I did spoke of there being another me somewhere in the picture shadowing me. There was just some real shenanigans. And stay tuned for the the Logan installment of this trip because it will be a doozy. But I ended up getting um, the only car that they had left in this one rental agency and it was a, like a dukes a hazard car i mean it was like the dodge challenger metallic orange the flashiest motherfucking car and i knew in the back of my head i did not want that flashy car i knew it would attract attention that i didn't want and lo and behold it did but i was just so anxious to get the car and go just have the ability to drive around the Bay Area. Here's the lesson. Don't drive in California, man. The cops, they're just itching to fuck with people because they know everybody's smoking weed and they can just basically now just throw you in jail just with the suspicion that you're high. So... Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, the legality thing. Another thing that's going to happen with legality is drug testing for everything because that's still allowed. I mean, just because it's legal doesn't mean the company wants you to do it. And so there's going to be a lot more of that, and there's going to be a lot more of police state bullshit the more they legalize. But that's another issue. Let's get back to the the real thing of this. You're worried. You have your little fears. Hey, you're not facing some bullshit for some police, right? I I had to get a lawyer. I had to do all this crap. And, like, I was in complete bliss before that shit happened. And that shit happened. It just derailed my whole shit. It was just like, wow. I didn't realize it. And that was the punishment. First they stole my car. Then they put me in jail. I still didn't learn. Until like maybe a couple days after that incident. I was like, oh. I was trying to, I was like, why this fucking shit happened to me? Very simple. Shit happens, man. When you're not, when you're not acknowledging how good you have it, the universe is like a pit bull man. Attacks. That's just a warning. But it's. It'll become you'll see it, it'll happen to you and then you'll understand it. So if anything bad happens, you just realize like how were you before that shit happened? Like how were you feeling? Were you feeling okay? Were you kind of like bitching and moaning about some bullshit? Hmm? Be honest with yourself. really be honest because chances are you weren't in a very blissful state now let's get back to what to do though when you find yourself out of the blissful state of course you can take some drugs that's the quickest way there you could eat some food. That's another thing. And I'm going to talk about the eating thing cuz I I gave a very short lecture a little while ago about eating and like basically I said if you're fat, don't eat until you're skinny. If you can get to a super bliss state, you can kind of do that. That's what Jesus did. 40 days and 40 nights no eating. You can do that. But there's an easier way to lose weight. <laughs> Much easier. So I'm going to give that at the end here. But you're here now. You feel like things are just like you're, not, you're just not feeling great. So how do you punch through that? Ask yourself. What does punch through it? Because nothing external lasts. It'll give you a momentary reprieve from it, but it doesn't really get it. So what I'm trying to do with these lectures is kind of steer you into the true freedom realm. And the true freedom realm is Are you recognizing how good things are in the moment? Just how really good things are and how many possibilities there are and how you can just do whatever the fuck you want. You'll start to see how TV and entertainment is sort of like an admission of failure it's what people do in jail, even reading books. We're creators. We're not consumers. So the more we consume, the, 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 it, it starts to not feel good. It starts to be an admission that we are in prison. Because when you're in prison or when you're on a plane, you're kind of trapped on a plane. Yeah, there's like the in-flight entertainment, right? When you're confined to a certain space, entertainment is there for you. But when you're not, and when you're free to just roam around and you still sit down and watch TV, you're depriving yourself of like real life experience by watching somebody's, like, awesome life, right? Their awesome life is they get to fucking act on a TV show and get millions of dollars, and you'll watch it. So you're watching their awesome fucking life. They're having a great fucking time out there in L.A., going to the shoot, banging broads, whatever. You're sitting home watching their dumb TV show and and not experiencing life at all. Now I understand. You're at work, you're confined. Use entertainment. Shit, even when you're riding in your car. Fine. You're you're confined to your car. You can't not have entertainment there, although you can still do stuff in your car that's much more productive. Like rehearse songs, um just, you know, so many things to better yourself. Just just talking into a microphone is better than just consuming music or consuming uh, books on tape or whatever the fuck or even this when you're listening. <laughs> but you you're, you you understand that like if you're in a confined space, I can understand entertainment. But like if, if you have no place that you have to be like you don't have to be in your house right now watching TV because you just don't, then you shouldn't be there. You should be out and experiencing the world in a different way, like non-consuming way, but in a way that, that has you walking out into the world and doing things and going places. You don't have to spend money you don't, but you do have to go places. Now, with, just go somewhere. Just look out into the world. Walk around in the world, man. Like treat your life at home like you're on vacation. Like, if you go on vacation, are you going to sit in the hotel room and watch TV? I mean, you might do that for a couple hours at night or whatever. But for most of the day, you're you're trying to have fun with the vacation, like the place you're in. But you're in a vacation spot. You're vacationing in bliss. So if you're in like, if you're taking, for example, if you're taking um, like a major hallucinogen, are you going to sit around and watch fucking TV? No. But guess what? You are on a hallucinogen. The hallucinogen is bliss. And once you lower your anxiety level and just learn to see it for what it is, the crying child over there, judging you, crying at you, screaming at you, spitting at you, just you attacking yourself for no reason, just because you want to hold yourself accountable. But in the meantime, you're beating yourself down day after day, making yourself feel like shit, acting like a shithead around other people, and just being nuts. Being a a whirling dervish of negativity. So, the anxiety, if you can just understand it as an entity that is not you, is not true. Anxiety makes sense when you're being actively threatened it doesn't make sense in any other capacity and it's 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 poison in your system so and it's and it's just look you won't be able to feel bliss until you understand that this anxiety, this free-floating anxiety that you allow in is blocking it. And you allow it in because you've been taught that that anxiety is what keeps you out of trouble. It doesn't. It actually pushes you into trouble. It pushes you into wasting money, time, and bullshit for nothing. Now, let's get into this eating thing. Because, I mean, recently, I started putting on some weight. yeah 10 pounds... Even my own nutritional advice of not eating carbs, of intermittent fasting, what I found was that actually doing those kind of things put my body into this um, state of gluttony, gluttony, when I would eat and when I would cheat And your urge to go against any principle kind of set out for yourself in terms of eating is really strong. So anytime you make a grand declaration, I will not eat ever any carbs or sugar, there's a little mischievous part of you that's just like, yeah, but, you know, I will. And so, by the fact that you can't really ever stick to um, you can't really ever stick to diets that restrict certain foods or restrict certain like times of eating without having a kind of backlash effect that in the end I think makes you fatter so I stand by the fact that you should eat a low-carb diet, but the more important thing is just to not overeat. And what happens is, is that we get into this. What happens okay, this is, this is what happens. You eat really good food. And you eat a, a certain amount of it. You eat a good amount of it. And you can like go on that. Like if you just eat like really low carb, a certain amount of fat, a certain amount of protein, like, but you eat a, a good amount of it, you can eat a lot of that stuff and not get fat. But the problem is when you switch over and you cheat a little bit, you tend to eat just about that much in carbohydrates. And then you'll put on a big old layer of fat. And then that fat starts to call out like little babies crying out for food. The hunger pangs. You're wondering where the hunger comes from. It comes from your fat. It wants to be sustained. The fat wants to be fed. It's either eaten Or it wants to be fit more and get bigger. So the best way to kind of outsmart this little mischievous motherfucker in your mind is to write down everything that you eat all day long. Just just get a little notebook. Write down what you ate and approximately how many calories it was. You can look. You could, there's tons of internet sites that tell you how many calories things are. You can just type it in, and it'll, it'll it'll tell you a ballpark. You don't have to be exact, but write it down. You should be eating less than 2,000 calories a day if you want to maintain like a good healthy weight. And you'll be surprised how much you fucking eat just out of sheer forgetfulness about how much you already fucking ate. So by writing down just what you ate and the calories and just seeing how much they add up to, you your mind starts to understand, like, look, I have enough fucking food in me. I don't need to eat anymore, even though I want to. Your hunger level is not going to especially as you get a little older in years the hunger level is not the thing that you can rely upon because it'll just come and especially when you're very tired and you haven't slept the hunger level is like huge and it's usually for the shittiest shit so getting plenty of sleep is really really key but not everybody can do that neither can I I mean I just lead a crazy time traveler's life. I get I'm lucky if I get 3 fucking hours a night. But I'm I'm pushing it. I'm I'm going to be very I'm going to try to even be better with that and just take a lot of naps. And then things you do like drinking marijuana, they interfere with your sleep. They'll, they don't allow you to get into the REM state. So you have to take a break from these things for like three days a week. You just do if you want to get the right kind of sleep. You got to have dreams, man. You got to enter the other parallel universes that you live in. You can't just leave them withering. You live in many different parallel universes when, and you'll see them when you dream you'll see the different variations of you. And remember, you stare at your hand often so that you know it. When you do it in your dream, you know you're dreaming. But sleep is very important. Like, you, your, your body gets rid of fat, a lot of fat when you're sleeping. Like, if you just... You would lose, like, five pounds right off the bat if you just got like seven and a half hours of sleep every night. And think about, and understand the number. Sleep science is very important. It's not eight hours of sleep. Seven and a half. 90 minute intervals of sleep give you the full cycle. So you need need to have as many of those as you can get but as long as it's in that interval and you don't wake up in the middle of a sleep cycle, you ever notice sometimes you wake up and you just like cannot open your eyes because you woke up in the middle of a 90 minute cycle and you have, you didn't finish it. You didn't go through it. Sometimes you can sleep just like an hour, a 90 minute cycle and you'll feel like you slept the whole night. Cycles is very important. So yes, I, I'll, I only um, sleep like three hours, but those are two 90-minute cycles. That's better than if I tried to uh, sleep four hours. Then I'd be waking up in the middle of the third cycle. So make sure your sleep is on 90-minute cycles, as many as you can get, but really it's always got to be – you always have to complete the 90-minute cycle. Now, back to the listing of the foods. Not only will listing of the foods kind of, like, wake you up to how many calories you're eating a day, but it will also kind of wake you up to, like, what you're eating and, like, the bang for the buck for each food. So, you can, you don't have to necessarily, like, restrict to eating only keto or no carb or anything like that but, but you do have to understand that like if you're going to eat like four slices of bread that's going to be a lot of calories and it's going to eat up a lot of that 2,000 calories that you're, you're not supposed to go past each day that's a much easier way to lose weight than starving yourself until you're skinny which is what I suggested in the last show I was just being super hardcore with it cuz it's true like you do not need to eat if you're fat like you have stored food you can eat that but it when you're like already depressed and you're a little bit kind of you have anxiety and you just don't feel that great it it's really hard to like allow yourself to be hungry on top of all that it kind of exacerbates it then you get hangry and you're a real dick. Still stand by it, though, in the sense that, like, that's the quickest way. You really want to lose weight fast. But the problem is after the three days. So I did that. I fasted for three days. I lost all my fat. But guess what? Over the next five days after that, put it all back on. Now... What I'm thinking I'm probably going to do is fast for another three days, burn off most of the fat that I have, and then start writing down what I eat and making sure I never go past the 2,000 uh, calorie threshold. Now, what does that mean? That means like, yeah, if you want to eat like for your calorie threshold, if you want to eat a bowl of ice cream, I mean, you can't do that often but technically speaking, yeah. But then you can't eat anything else. Like you can have your ice cream maybe one day and satisfy that, that craving. But just don't exceed the 2,000 threshold. But just, you know, don't think about it too much. Just write it down. That's all you have to do. Write it down. And then you also have to Weigh yourself on every morning when you wake up. Just weigh yourself. Just look at the weight. Do that. Write down the food that you ate. And then make sure you drink a lot of water. And, of course, the breathing. The breathing just like as much as you possibly can. There's this machine out there that's been discontinued called the stress eraser is you put your finger in it and it measures your quality of breath. The weird machine. The company went out of business. But I try to get those machines wherever I can because they're on eBay now. But anything that can give you some kind of biofeedback about the quality of your breath you can suggest other machines to me, I'd be happy to to test them out. But the but those are good too just figuring out a way to get your breathing up. It's really hard when you're just not feeling that great and you're not feeling like really motivated, but it's, that'll pump out a lot of the fat. And, and when you're fasting for the three days, which I will be a little tobacco is a good kind of thing to just, you could, you're allowed to do it. Puff some natural tobacco, like here and there during the fast but do not smoke it while you're eating because it's, that's when it really fuck. It's just, it's not sacred at that point. You know, tobacco is a very sacred substance. So when you're fasting, you know, you're, you're kind of killing the spirits of the demons inside of you. The tobacco. Well, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But water, do everything you're going to do, man. Just hang out with people. Just say you're fasting. So I'm probably going to do that and write down everything and then the water. At least eight glasses, preferably 14 glasses, and write down each one that you drink. And, yeah, your coffee is counts as one. You know, most – not a soda – But because you're just going to have to write down the calories of that. Fine. The soda counts as one, too. But each one, you know, write down the calories for it. And and, you know, processed foods in general are just like they're going to they're going to make you depressed ultimately because your body doesn't like dealing with them. So diet sodas and things like that. just Empty bullshit. That's another thing is like the sweet on your tongue when it's not followed by like some real food, gets your body into a very much hungrier state. So I think like the people who drink diet soda, you know, they're usually fat. And why is that? Because they think they're getting away with something, but their body's like, hey, you gave me this sweet taste on my tongue. So I'm going to get it in food somehow. Like you wrote me a check and I'm going to cash it with food. So go ahead, drink your soda. You think it's guilt-free, but it's not. It motivates your body to seek out the carbohydrates. It further drives it to seek out the carbs to match the amount of sweetness that touched your tongue. So even things like stevia and monk fruit and anything that makes your tongue have sweet on it, is going to lead you to overeat. So you should avoid actually trying to get artificial, like you should, it should avoid artificial sweetener of any kind and just drink water with a little lemon in it or something, but drink a lot of it. And when you wake up in the morning, drink one huge glass, just force it the first thing you do after you weigh yourself is drink one glass of water. Listen, man, you want to live that this body lasts forever. This body doesn't need the amount of food that we put in it, nor does it need the kind of shitty processed food that is meant to kill us can make room for the coming younger population. They should fucking sterilize everybody man and just let everybody be immortal we have enough people on here we don't have to have more births (laughs) at all we have too many people on the planet already and if they all live forever uh, i don't think we need any more uh people here (laughs) but the idea is that most people will die because most people will not be able to manage their emotions and not be able to manage their food, but for a long time i was I've been struggling with this um you know what to eat, what not to eat, and uh, I realize it's just it's, a, it's just a matter of calories and just not exceeding that two thousand number, and at the same time just being writing down what you're eating, so you're just aware. So you just your brain kind of understands you. You by by writing it down, your 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 stomach gets a little fuller because you kind of remember what you ate, and you're like, oh, I don't really need food. Like I ate this, I ate this, I ate this. It's just it's very good for you to to be mindful of what you're eating and like that's the best way to do it. And that, and then you're not fighting some little demon in your head who's like, hey, hey, hey I'm going to eat this, and sneak it in, <laughs> shove it in my mouth. When you don't have to write it down in your book, because when you put it to your mouth, you're like, oh, am I going to write this in the book? It's going to blow up my fucking score. You might want to do that, but then you won't be able to eat dinner at night next, you know. So. Write it down, and, and and yeah, you can you can cheat now. and Then you can go above and beyond the 2,000 now and then. But it's still in the book. You'll be a lot happier when you're at like a really in really good shape. It's like the bliss state is much easier to achieve when you have excess fat your body is like is is laboring trying to swallow all this excess stored energy all this excess stored energy is 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 weighing your body down and your body is like trying to deal with it so that's why like you can be you can go for days and days and days as long as you um, have this fat on your body. You're, you're not going to die. You'll be fine. You'll eat that fat. But again, it doesn't have to be that extreme. No one has to go that extreme. I'm an extreme kind of guy. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. And I did it last week and it burned off all the fat in three days. So, Try it again, but this time, no binge eating afterward. No, like, eating, like, 5,000 calories a day afterward, which is what I did. Anyway, so, you want true freedom? Well, maybe this is a start. Thanks for listening.